0: Um, today, we're starting a new series, and it is a, it's a series called How to Neighbor. It's a series that deals with some heavy-duty issues that we face in our nation today. Um, and, and so, I, I really want to just get into it uh, and, and share the basis of this series, and then we'll get into the message for today. And we're going to start off in Luke chapter 10. I want you to turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 10. I'm excited about this series. I feel like some heavy issues need to be dealt with in the body of Christ. And so, while you're turning there, I'll just I'll just set up this this passage that we're going to look at today. Uh, Jesus was approached in Luke chapter 10 by an expert in the law, and, and you know this this happened many times. Many times people uh, tried to approach Jesus and and catch him uh, catch him. Uh, saying something opposed to their law or, or saying the wrong thing. And, and so he came with the mindset, I'm going to test him. And, and he, he said something to the effect uh, like this to Jesus. He said, you know what? Uh, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus says, well, what does the law say? The, you know what, what, what is written in the law that you follow? And, and uh, the man replies, this expert in the law says, well... You know, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus says, well, hey, you're right. Go and do it. Go and do it, and you'll have eternal life. Get it done. I mean, you know the law. Now you've got to execute it. And we read the next verse, the very next verse, verse 29 of chapter 10, Luke 10, 29. It says this but he, meaning the, the legal expert, the expert in the law, but he wanted to justify himself, so he asked Jesus, and this is what he said, and who is my neighbor? Who is my neighbor? In, in essence, he's saying, you know what, uh, I, I get it, I can, I can quote it, I, I understand it, but you're telling me I have to love people who believe, are, are, is this what you're doing? Are you telling me I have to love people who, who believe differently than me? Their religious belief systems are different than mine. You know, their cultures are, are different than mine. Their politics are, are different than mine. Are you telling me that that is my neighbor? What, what is it exactly, Jesus, that you're saying today? What, what are you telling me about loving my neighbor? Who is my neighbor? And interestingly, Jesus never really tells him who his neighbor is. He just tells him how to neighbor. He tells him how to neighbor. So, this, this is the basis of our series. And I can imagine what is going through this man's mind as he's asking the question because I believe that he's getting a download. I believe he's having a revelation from heaven. And, you know, are you telling me I have to love people with weird hair and tattoos and piercings all over their bodies? Are you are you telling me that that uh, you know I have to love people with different accents, different languages, different skin colors? Yeah, we're going to go there. Are you telling me that people who are different than me are my neighbor? And so Jesus immediately embarks into this this story, this this amazing story. And here, here's the summary of it. Jesus, Jesus begins to, to share uh, the story as the Good Samaritan. He begins to share. He says, you know, most of the time, Jesus, when he's asked a question, answers with another, responds with another question. And then he goes into a story, and this is what he does here. He says, you know, there was a man traveling down a road to Jericho, and, and this man was, was uh, apprehended by robbers. He was beaten and left for dead, and everything he had was taken from him. And there just so happens to be this man walking down the road that sees out of the corner of his eye this other man that had been beaten and left for dead. And this man that was walking down the road that saw him was a priest. And this priest chose to walk on the other side of the road and kept on going. And then he said, well, there's this other guy who was going down the road, and this guy was a Levite, these two being a part of the Jewish political system, saw this man who had been left for dead, lying on the side of the road, no hope, and guess what he did? He walked by on the other side. He walked by on the other side. So Jesus not answering directly who is our neighbor, goes, continues into the story. We want to pick up in verse 33 what is said at this point. Verse 33, Luke 10. It says this, But a Samaritan, who was on a journey, came, up, came upon him, and when he saw him, he felt compassion, and he came to him and bandaged up his wounds, pouring oil and wine on them, and he put him on his own beast, and he brought him to an inn and took care of him. He brought him to an inn and took care of him. Now, that may sound great. We've heard the story of the Good Samaritan many times, and, uh, you know, it it may not have the effect to us that it did to the hearers of that day, but the reality is uh, Jesus is saying to us and responding to that legal expert that your neighbor is the person in front of you. Your neighbor is the person who is in front of you, where you find yourself, at the shopping store, at work, where you live, where, where you're going, if you're on a journey, if you're, if you're traveling and on vacation, your neighbor is the person in front of you. And we're told that we are to love our neighbors as ourselves. And we, I know we do a good job as best we can of making sure we got ours. You know what I mean? Making sure we're well taken care of. Making sure that the things that we want, we go after. And when we don't, we're upset about it, right? When we don't get what we want, we're we're upset about it. But Jesus is is driving home a point without answering the question directly that our neighbor is the person in front of us. And today I want to talk to you about a, a significant topic. The title of my message is this, Grace for Every Race. I want to talk to you about the topic of racism, to be honest with you, I can stand before you and say I'm not an expert in this topic. I've never heard a message uh, as I sat where you're sitting, preached on this topic in my life. But I feel like it's an issue that's relevant for today. I feel like it's something the church needs to hear. And, you know, the reality is in our nation, our nation is desperate for healing. Our nation is divided in many ways, politically, racially, and, uh, you know, what we see and what has been happening over the last year or more, even though it it's has a longer history than what I'm about to talk about, what we see is a wound that has never been healed being expo- exposed again. Have you ever had that happen in your body? You, you, get, you get wounded and there's a scab there and all of a sudden you bang it, you pick it, something happens where it's reopened again. Racism is a wound that has never been healed in our nation. And so we as a church want to be a part of the solution and not part of the problem. All right? So, so I want to talk to you about this topic because I believe it, it is a big deal. And, and if you've looked at the news at all in the last year, racism has been something that has been revealed over and over again as something that whether, whether it's a, a real issue um, that someone is it's to be dealt with. And so we're going to talk about it through w- what racism looks like through God's eyes. And uh, I want to go back to the story. Are you with me so far? You guys got grace for me today? All right. So Jesus says three words that in that day and time were jaw-droppingly shocking to his hearers. I mean, to the point where it's like, oh, <gasps> Oh, my goodness, because he said these three words, and I just read them to you, but I didn't point them out to you. In in Luke 10, When he he says in verse... I I can't look at my Bible sometimes with this print so small. Uh, In verse 33, he starts it off with this. But a Samaritan. Now, if you know anything about that day and time... The Samaritans were hated by the Jews. This was like the 700-year hate fest that was going on. Uh, Because back uh, 722 BC, the Assyrians invaded uh, Jerusalem and Israel and took off these captives, took these captives back to their nations. And there were some Jews left behind. And some of those Jews that were left behind ended up, after years of this, because it was a 70-year exile, after years of this, were were marrying. And they were marrying people of other races that believed differently than the Jewish uh, system believed. And so there was this interracial marriage that took place. And um, as a result, a new breed of people came about that were hated by the Jews. And in response, they hated the Jews themselves. This new breed of people were the Samaritans. And they lived, they bordered, their nation bordered Israel. And you know how it is. If you're hated, you respond with hate many times. Or that's, that's typical if you're living in the flesh. But this is what was happening to these Samaritans. Now, Jesus says this, but a Samaritan came along. Now, the people of their own race, the Jews, did not deal with this man who was beaten and left for dead and robbed. But a Samaritan did. A Samaritan came by and took care of that man who had a problem. In fact, he, 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 he bandaged him up. He put oil on his wounds. He even paid for, for the inn that he stayed in for a while. And Jesus is responding to this question, who is my neighbor, with the fact that not only is it the person in front of you, but I don't care who that person is. It doesn't matter what skin color. It doesn't matter what religion. It doesn't matter what their background is or their economic uh, position. That is your neighbor, and the reality is this is the heart of the gospel. This is what Jesus is saying. You can love God and you love your neighbor. That is the gospel. That is that is that is the response to what Jesus has done for us: shedding His blood, dying, going to the cross, uh, going into a tomb, and then resurrecting. The heart. A response to the gospel is loving God and loving your neighbor. And so we're going to go after this a little bit uh, today, but what we see this man doing is he walked across the street. He walked across the street and took pity and showed love. Now, Dr. Martin Luther King, in talking about this very passage, said something to this effect. The priest and the Levite, the two men that walked by on the other side, that did not take care of this man, uh, they they had this thought that if I stop to help this man, what will happen to me? If I stop and take care of this guy, what's going to happen to me? Now, the Samaritan, he reversed that whole mindset, and he said, if I don't stop and help this man, what is going to happen to him? What is going to happen to him? So um, racism, I, I want to say this, is not a biological issue. It's, it's not a biological issue. Racism is not a biological issue. It is a social issue. It's like polyester, man-made. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's something that the man made up. I wish I created, I wish I came up with that myself, but I didn't, okay? <laughs> so, so racism isn't, a a, a social issue, Um, or isn't isn't a skin issue. We're not born with thoughts or feelings of racism, you know? It's not like you come out of the womb and all of a sudden you hate people that are different than you. Well, where does it come from? Let me tell you this. Racism is not a skin issue. It's a sin issue. And so it, it comes, the, the birthplace of it is rooted in sin. And, and here's a few thoughts that I have related to that. Uh, it can come from past experiences, you know. If someone's hating on you or hating on someone you love, your response to that typically is hatred, anger, frustration, right? And if you've been through stuff, people have treated you wrongly, you know, uh, you're going to respond, And so, you know, racism, the the core of it is this, one society, one culture, one ethnicity thinks they're superior and another ethnicity is inferior to them. And so uh, years ago, maybe two years ago now or three years ago, I was in the mall and at the mall, uh, I was standing in a store called Against All Odds and my kids were shopping there at that time. And my wife was back in back helping. Now, if you know me, you know I'm pretty impatient when it comes to stuff like that. And so I'm at the front, leaning against the front display table, has clothes on it. And I'm just leaning there like, come on, can we get out of here? <laughs> and that's my, that's my thought. I wasn't saying it out loud at that moment in time, although I probably did say it uh, previous to that. But my wife wasn't near me. And all, all of a sudden, by the way, today is my wife's birthday, so, so you know So anyway, out of the blue, this girl in the store starts yelling. She's like, "What? Have you ever never have you never seen a black person before? Why are you staring at me? What is your problem? Are you racist?" And I'm thinking, I know she's not talking to me. I'm like the most anti-racist person I know. You know, I'm looking around like, who is she talking to? And then all of a sudden, the store clerk comes walking like to sort of uh, sort of dispel this whole thing because. She didn't know what was going to happen. I was like, are you really talking to me? I mean, really? She called me racist? And I'm thinking, wow. And the reality is, you know what? I don't know what she was feeling. There was nothing that happened there. Perhaps she felt like I was looking at her, but I was looking at my kids and my wife, trying to get their attention, like, you know, this whole thing, like, let's go type of thing. But let me tell you something. This may be, her experience might be that she's had some horrible experience in the past. And all of a sudden, she's feeling like she's being singled out, whether, you know, I don't think I was staring at her, but she felt that way, you know, and I believe it was based on some experiences she had gone through in life. So, so that's one of the reasons, like experience. I mean, people grow up and they experience horrible stuff. I heard even this week of some crazy stuff that people have to go through because they're being treated wrongly because of the color of their skin. It's ridiculous. Secondly, um, they were taught it. You know, frankly, in some homes, people teach racism, right? I mean, they talk about you can't play with them and you can't play with them. You need to play with them. Or, you know, you can't spend the night over here. Whatever it is, or maybe it's just table talk, you know? It's just table talk, and the kids get to hear that table talk. And the reality is you, you, can, you can perpetuate racism by what you say about people. Thirdly, Ignorance. Racism can arise and be, been, uh, be perpetuated from generation to generation uh, through ignorance, just because, number one, we're, we're not teaching against racism well enough, um, or all of the above. Maybe there's been exposure, experience, and people say some of the craziest things to people um, that maybe they're just ignorant enough to not know that what they're saying is offensive, and it's coming across very racist. And, and so th- these are some of the areas that it, it's just birthed out of and it, ke- it keeps going. It keeps, it, it doesn't get dealt with. So I, I want to talk to you today as we continue about how to be a loving neighbor. How can we be a loving neighbor in this area? And I'm sure there's a hundred different items to talk about. I'm going to give you four today, Okay. I'm going to give you four today. How can we be the kind of person that is a part of the solution instead of a part of the problem? How can we be the kind of person that is not only uh, non-racist, but anti-racist? And there is a difference. There's a difference. And so we want to go after that. And so I have four things that I want to share with you quickly um, as we move forward. Here's the first one. The first one is this. Recognize that every person has the same father. Do you know, do you know that way back, 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 back when uh, Adam walked the face of this earth? He's our great, 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 great grandfather. I don't care what skin color you have. And his father, the Lord God Almighty, gave birth to Adam. He breathed life into Adam. We see in Genesis 1, we are made in the image and the likeness of God. And let me tell you something. God did not make any mistakes. All right, so we all have the same father. All ethnic groups came from one ancestor. Now, there's a song I used to like, and a band I used to like. Actually, I still like, but I used to listen to a lot more early on in my Christianity. Named DC Talk, and they they sang this song called "Colored People." And I'm going to just read a few verses from. Is it verses or is it whatever? Doesn't matter. <laughs> It's not the Bible, okay? <laughs> but this is amazing. This is amazing. It says, pardon me, your epiderm- epidermis is showing, sir. I couldn't help but notice your shade of melanin. I tip my hat to the colorful arrangement because I see the beauty and the tones of our skin. A piece of canvas is only the beginning for it takes on character with every loving stroke. This thing of beauty is the passion of an artist's heart. By God's design, we are a skin kaleidoscope. Isn't that powerful? He says this. He goes on to say, they go on to say with the song. We've got to come together and thank the maker of us all. We are colored people, and we live in a tainted place. We're colored people, and they call us the human race. We've got a history so full of mistakes, and we are colored people who depend on a holy grace. We we all come from the same father, the same father. And the reality is his kingdom, you should know this, his kingdom is made up of every color on the face of the planet: red, yellow, black, and white. It doesn't matter. Right? And we're gonna all worship him together. In Revelation, we see this passage here: Revolution, Revolution, Revelation chapter <laughs> chapter seven. Verses 9 and 10, it says this, After these things I looked, and behold, a great multitude, which no one could count, from every nation and all tribes and all peoples and all tongues. You think there's some differences in that crowd? We're all standing before the the Lord. Standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes and palm branches were in their hands. And they cry out with a loud voice saying, Salvation to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Listen, you are going to be hand in hand. You are going to be standing and worshiping the Lord one day. And he is the maker of us all. So how do we deal with this here on earth today? First of all, we need to recognize that every person has the same father. Galatians 3.28 says this, There is neither Jew nor Gentile. Neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Amen. We're all one. There's no dividing wall. There's nothing that separates us. The, so, the, so the first thought is this, that we're, we all come from the same father. The second one is this. We need to deal, if we're going to be a good, loving neighbor, like, like, uh, like Jesus was saying and implying to this legal expert, we need to deal with any negative racial feelings, we need to deal with them. You remember the story where in Acts where Peter, he goes to, he's at this, this house, the house of Simon the Tanner, Acts chapter 10. He's on the roof of this house. He's hungry. He's waiting for his meal and he has a vision. And in this vision, this great white sheet is being lowered before him. And there's all these animals, four foot, four foot of animals, reptiles and crawling animals of every kind, And the Lord says to him in the vision, he says, Peter, take and eat. Peter's like, never, Lord. I would never, I have never eaten anything like that. It's not, I don't eat anything unclean. And God responds to him, listen, don't you call something unclean that I've called clean. It says, the Bible tells us this happened three times. Now, Peter may be slower than most. (laughs) but, But let me tell you something. At the conclusion of that whole story... The whole idea was that God was trying to show him that the things that you think are unclean are not unclean because I've called them clean. Amen. Immediately, uh, the Lord says this. Listen, there's some people coming to you from a man named Cornelius' house, and they're going to ask you to go with them, and I want you to go with them. And so he, he comes down. They knock on the door. They spend the night together. And the next day he leaves for this man named Cornelius' house. Cornelius was not a Jew. Cornelius was a Gentile. And he goes over to Cornelius' house, uh, in a, a, a centurion of the Italian regiment, um, and, and he goes over there and, and he says this to Cornelius. This is Acts 10.28, just a portion of that verse. It says this, God has shown me that I should not call anyone... Now, God only showed him animals, right? But you, do you see this verse? God has shown me that I should not call anyone impure or unclean. And Jews, the Jews had some, uh, you know, some rules that they couldn't walk in a Gentile's home and they couldn't eat with a Gentile and this and that. And Peter recognized that God was saying to something, something to him in that sheet that he needed to change. He, he needed to change how he was doing things because Peter had negative racial feelings, right? We, we go on in, the, in verse, verse 33 of that same chapter, Luke 10. It says this. Oh, wait, no, I'm sorry. Verse 34 only of that same chapter, Acts 10. Then Peter began to speak, I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism. You see, in God's eyes, there are no colors. This this is just the beauty of his creation. And so we've adopted this man-made problem of racism. We've adopted this thing. And and perhaps there's been stuff that's gotten into our heart that has caused us to look at other people the wrong way or treat other people the wrong way or talk to people uh, who are different than us the wrong way. This is not of God. This is not of God. It is not a skin issue, but a sin issue, and we need to deal with it. So if there are those feelings in our heart, those negative racial feelings, we need to deal with it before God. We need to come before God and say, God, there's stuff in my heart that's not right. I recognize it. Perhaps you were taught it. Perhaps you were modeled it. But the reality is today is the day that we break it in Jesus' name, right? So, So today is the day that we break it in Jesus' name. So... So we come from one father. We all come from one father. We have to deal with negative racial feelings. Here's the third thought that I have. We need to love those that are different than us. I'm going to go some places that you might not feel comfortable, but I'm okay with that. We need to love people that are different than us. In John chapter 4, you may recall the story where Jesus, you know, it starts off in John 4 where it says that Jesus had to go to Samaria. He had to go to Samaria. And so uh, he and his disciples are traveling through this land. Again, the Jews hate the Samaritans. The Samaritans hate the Jews. But Jesus had to go through, and well, he had to go to Samaria. And so um, in this story, Jesus gets a little weary. Uh, the s- disciples go into this town called Sychar. And in Sychar, they're getting some food so that Jesus can eat and the rest of the disciples can eat. And while they're in that town getting food... Jesus meets this woman who's coming to a well that he's sitting at, and she begins to draw water. Now, clearly, she's a Samaritan, and she recognizes that he's a Jew. I don't know how. Uh, I mean, he didn't say, I'm a Jew, but she somehow knew that that, uh, Jesus was a Jew. And he says to her, can I have a drink of water? And, And she's utterly shocked at that question. Because, you know, Jews don't share with Samaritans and Samaritans don't share with Jews. And, you know, again, the hatred factor and all this stuff, unclean, you know, all these elements are coming into the picture. But Jesus says, you know what? Can I have a drink of water? And shocked that Jesus wants to put his Jewish lips on her Samaritan jar Right. Uh, listen to me. This is happening. She came to fill a jar of water. Well, I don't It could have been a jug. I don't know how big it was, but unless he knows the waterfall technique, I, I guess I don't know. But the reality is he was going to drink from 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 her cup. Now, this is going to go. I, I want to take this conversation a little bit into the realm of uh, evangelism, because I believe that Jesus went into Samaria to do a few things. He went, down to, he went to break some racial walls and some hate, walls of hatred down, right? And he also went to share the gospel with the Samaritans. And I can tell you, you know, many of us, you know, we, we're comfortable going places and, and uh, sharing the gospel with people who may be different than us, but are we comfortable enough to drink from their jar? Are we comfortable enough to sit Across from the table, uh, from people that we're that we know are different than us, you know their upbringing is different than us. Their 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 culture is different than us. Are we are we comfortable? Because Jesus did this to break down some dividing walls. Now let me tell you something about evangelism. He never preached anything from the Bible to her up up to that point. He never uh, evangelized. He he never even revealed. Himself as to who he was at that point. She didn't know uh, who he was, but the reality is he was setting the stage to lead an entire village to the Lord or much of that village to the Lord because if you read on in the story, you see that many from that village believed in him. That's what the Bible says. Now, if he came with this, you know, he, he came with this whole idea that you know, I'm a Jew, I'm better than you, you're a Samaritan, you're inferior to us. Do you think that he would have been affected in in sharing the love of God with her? No, he built a relationship with her. And this is where I think we go wrong. I think that people who are different than us uh, deserve the right to share their life with us and we deserve the right to share our lives with them. And I see this whole jar thing as being significant. Jewish lips on a Samaritan jar. I see this whole thing about he had to go to Samaria. Some of us have to go to that place. Some of, I'm not talking about literally going to Samaria. I'm talking about going to that place where we cross the line, where we go where to, to places that uh, contain people that are different than us. You know, we, we have to approach that and be the one who initiates the restoration, the healing, restoring hope, uh, exhibiting love. Because I know, you know, in this room, there's a whole lot of love, but I do feel like, you know what, sometimes there may be questions in our hearts like, uh, you know, what do I do next? How do I break down any walls that may exist? How can I become an anti-racist person that loves people no matter where they're from, what their background is, how much money they have or don't have? How can I be the kind of person that loves people unconditionally? And the bottom line is we have to take that first step. We have to go to Samaria. We we have to go to that place and say, listen, I am going to be the one to break down that wall. I'm going to be the one to build a relationship. And in that relationship, I'm going to demonstrate the love of God. And, And so we need to be those people who love people who are different than us. Now, if you see that as a struggle in your life, Listen, it is the power of God that enables us to love the way way Jesus loved. It's the power of God that enables us to love through the eyes of a father. So if that's a struggle to you, ask God to do something in your heart. This is what I love this quote from Mother Teresa. She said this If you judge people, you have no time to love them. If there's something in your heart related to the way you look at somebody, You can't love them the way God loves them. And that's what we're called to do. And so we need to love those who are different than us. And here's my last thought as as I close. We need to be the ones who influence those around us. Influence those around you. See, we need to move not only from uh, either racist or non-racist to anti-racist which means that we are not only dealing with stuff in our hearts if it's there but we're also helping others we're influencing others to deal with the stuff in their heart i want to show you a very very powerful passage in galatians chapter 2 we looked at paul we looked at peter and how he had the the sheet come down we looked at peter and how he he uh ministered to cornelius and And this is years later now. In Galatians chapter 2, Peter comes on the scene again. And we know Paul wrote the book of Galatians. In Galatians chapter 2, verse 11, it says this. When Cephas, who is also known as Peter, he he had a different name, or more than one name. When Cephas came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face. This is Paul. Now, Peter was an apostle way before Paul was. But Paul saw some stuff that was not right happening in Peter's life. So he says, When Cephas came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face, because he stood condemned. For certain men came from James. This is Jerusalem. James was the apostle to Jerusalem. Certain men came from James. He used to eat. Before they came from James, he used to eat with the Gentiles. Peter, a Jew, like super apostle guy, uh, he used to hang out with the Gentiles. These are people that were not Jews. Different races, different belief systems, right? But who ultimately became Christians. They used to, they used to eat together. But when they arrived, these people from Jerusalem, he, meaning Peter, began to draw back and separate himself from the Gentiles because he was afraid of those who belonged to the circumcision group. That means the Jews. They were circumcised. Now look at this verse 13. This is the point I want to make. I could talk about the other verses, but I think they speak for themselves and it would need, we would need a lot more time. Verse 13. The other Jews joined him in this hypocrisy so that by their hypocrisy Barnabas was led astray. You know, I, I, you need to know this, that we are positioned in God's kingdom to be influencers. If you read the book of Acts before this chapter, yeah, if you read, if you read the book of Acts uh, before this was ever written by Paul in Galatians, it, it says this about Barnabas. Barnabas was a good man. But let me tell you something. Good men can be influenced to do bad things. And Peter was an influencer who influenced Barnabas to withdraw from the people who were Christians but from a different race because they were fearful of what these other people, the Jewish circumcised believers, would think. Am I making any sense? So, so here, here's what I want, you to, I want you to know out of that passage. Peter did not get it. Peter, after the sheet, after seeing what God did in Cornelius' home, after hearing about Paul and blessing the work that Paul was doing, still had some stuff going on in his heart. And because of that, he ended up influencing people in the wrong direction. And so what I want you to know, how can we be good at loving our neighbors? We need to influence people in the right direction. We can influence those around us. When we start hearing talk, when we start seeing actions, we need to be bold enough to lovingly pull people aside and say, you know what, that's not right. That's not right. That is not who you are. That is not who we are as a people. You know, we need to stand for those who are different than us, especially when they're, they're the objects of other people's racist thoughts, remarks, and actions, and so we can influence people in the right way. Peter influenced Barnabas in the wrong direction, but he had sway. He could have said, listen to me, I don't care who those people are. We don't fear them. We serve God. We're all, we're all uh, God's children. I don't care what our background is. I don't care what our skin color is. I don't care where we come from. We are all God's children. You let them think what they want to think. This is who we are, you know? But no, he didn't do it. He missed a prime opportunity, and it had a negative impact on Barnabas' life. So, in the story of the Good Samaritan, he crossed the street. In the story of Jesus talking to the Samaritan woman, he had to go to Samaria. Listen to me, we have to deal with this. As a church, if we are doing nothing, we are part of the problem. If, we're, if we take no action, if we take no stance, if we take no position, if we don't deal with the stuff in our heart, we're part of the problem, not the solution. Yeah. And we're, that's not who we're called to be. We are called to go after this. I understand this is a hot topic. I understand that in light of the events that are going on in our nation, in, in our world, it is a big, big deal. But where does the Christian stand? Where do you stand? What is it that you believe What is going on in your heart? Because whether you express it verbally or not to somebody, they will see it and they will hear it by how you react in certain situations. We need to be very careful. We need to be very careful. And I know I said this last week, but listen to me. Facebook is not the place to express your heartfelt things. If there's stuff that you, you want to communicate politically, racially, whatever, or if you're feeling... These things, I, I, would, I would encourage you to bring it to God. You don't need 2,000 friends to see what you're thinking right now. Be very careful. Be very careful. We have a witness to carry to this world. And everyone is watching. Let's be good stewards of the, the influence and the power that God has given us. Now, how do we move forward? I'm going to close in like 15 seconds, 20 seconds. How do we move forward? Listen to me. Go after this. Go after the things that would bring resolution. Go after the things, either in your heart or relationally. Begin to build relationships with people that are different than you. You will find out they are way more amazing than you could ever imagine. And I don't care what... I'm not talking about one particular skin color. There's many skin colors represented in this room. But what I'm saying is this. Don't let differences divide. Let the fascination of our amazing creator God bring unity to say, wow, I want to hear your story. I want to know what's going on in your heart. Tell me about your life. Tell me about, you know, I, I, I'm fascinated by culture, by the way. So I don't know, like, I, I love to hear people telling their stories about what is different in their culture, and I ask questions about it, and it amazes me. And sometimes we default back to what, is what we're used to and comfortable with. I want to tell you and encourage you. Step across the line. Go after it. Build relationships. Love people well. I want to invite you to stand to your feet. Let's close. I felt like we needed a nudge. This was not... Let me just tell you this. Uh, This message in this series was planned a long, long time ago. It just happens to be a God moment where it, it coincides with what's going on in our culture more prominently than usual let's be a part of the solution amen i want to pray for you we also have people that will come up and pray for you after the service father we bless you today thank you god for what you're doing god let us be father anti-racist those who resolve and those who determine to say you know what i'm going to go after this i'm going to love people well i don't care where they're from what their background is i am going to love people well and i'm going to bring glory to your name and father i pray father for those who have been wounded in this room god i just pray that you bring healing god where healing needs to be brought. Lord, I pray that you br- at, the, at the core of each and every person's being, they could leave here and say, you know what? God, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to move forward. And even if things happen or said or are done, I am gonna, I'm going to look to you. I'm not going to respond with hatred or anger. And I pray that those, Father, who have been taught wrongly and, and modeled wrongly by parenting or people who, of influence, to look at people who are different than them Uh, in a negative light. God, I pray for, Lord, that you would reveal that and that you would heal every heart who does not think and align their hearts with you, Father. So we bless you today. We give you all the praise in Jesus' name.